Apple presents events at the Apple Store. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Kate Coyne from People Magazine. Hi. Hello. Um, thanks for coming. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm glad you guys are all here. I'm sorry that most of you probably haven't seen this film because um, it's fantastic and it's everything you want from uh, a Nicholas Sparks movie. A couple, you know, kissing, rain, heartbreak, just it's, it, it's got it all. So uh, let's look at a trailer so you can see a little bit of what I'm talking about and then we'll get the cast out here. Someone once said, it is not in the stars to hold our destiny, but in ourselves. But I believe everything that happens happens for a reason. Dawson. You don't know how to flirt, do you? Dawson. Yes, I blew it the other day. You did? Well, what are you going to do about it? Mind doing that again? And do it. Would you dance with me? Oh. So you caught yourself a rich girl going through her slumming phase. <laughs> Did she tell you that you're special? Ain't nothing. Just look out! I can't have you getting hurt. Do you want this? Do you want me? I do. Bad things happen when you hang around bad people. He was trying to protect me. If this was the last time you got to see me, what would you say? Please don't do this. Dawson! Dawson! It's a miracle that you're alive, Dawson. Is there anyone that you want to call? Amanda? Dawson. It's been a long time. 20 years. 21. Who's counting? This is dangerous. You have gotten better looking. You couldn't have gotten bald or fat or something. Jesus. <laughs> I miss this. A lot of things have changed since I last saw you. I don't know what happened. Life. There was so much you wanted to do. I wanted to do it with you. I blame you for thinking that you knew what was best for me when it was you that was best for me. I lost you once. I'm not gonna lose you again. Can you give me all of you? You will cry. You will definitely cry. It's just, it's not even an option. So uh, let's bring out the cast, starting with our leading man, James Marsden. And his leading lady, Michelle Monaghan. And playing the younger version of Michelle, Liana Liberato. And finally, the man we have to thank for all the rain and all the kisses and all the heartbreak, uh, author Nicholas Sparks.
So thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Hi, guys. (laughs) Um, Hi. (laughs) Hey. Thanks. Hi. Um, So I'm just going to right off the bat say that I took an informal Twitter poll this afternoon, and what I tweeted was, to go back to, you are the only Sparks veteran making a reappearance in a Nicholas Sparks film. Everybody might remember that... uh, James played Lon in The Notebook, uh, Rachel McAdams' other option. And I tweeted... Smattering of applause. Well, I will tell you, I tweeted, am I the only one who thought that Allie would have been really happy with Lon? And overwhelmingly, people are, are, are leaping in to say that absolutely, yes, Lon was, was really a very, very viable option. So my question to you is, how does it feel to finally be the, the main man, the guy more, who more gets the viable. girl, more than viable, the, the, um, the winner? It's good. That's a pretty polarizing comment about, uh, about Lon being the guy, because I, I run into the complete opposite, which is... You're the you're the jerk from the notebook. <gasps> the jerk. You basically no. say, "I know you slept with your first love, but it's okay. I I'll know. still I marry a, you." Who does a, that? I thought he was a very good guy, and and Nicholas and um, uh, the director Nick Cassavetes were both like, Let, "Let's make this guy as as great as possible, and let's make the audience feel like had she met him first, that could work out." But obviously, it wasn't necessarily planned that way. But it made it more complicated. But um, it's great to come back again, and like I said, I'm. Every decade, I try to get myself in one of Nicholas's movies. Um, it's a great thing for a career. But, uh, but I feel blessed and grateful to be a part of this one, especially with this remarkable cast. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Sparks, I have to say, this, this film doesn't even hesitate to go straight for the heart. I mean, you just there's multiple opportunities to start sobbing hysterically. Yeah, uh, I love this film, right? I think it's great because I think it uh, appeals to... I guess everybody's, well, it appeals to a lot of different people. You get the, the passion of that first love, which was played so beautifully by Liana and Luke. And they, I, their performance to me really captures just that, the overwhelming intensity, the, the newness, the rawness of the emotion, just the power of, of, this is so strong, I believe that anything in the world is possible. And I thought that that they did that so beautifully. And then of course you go 20 years and you know, I was in my 40s when I wrote this and I'm like, it ain't always so easy. Life gets in the way. Love is wonderful and it's great and it makes the world go round. But at the same time, you know, if you have that choice that chance to maybe do it all over again or take this second chance, Sometimes life gets in the way, and I thought that was just an amazing performance by James and Michelle. And they had a really hard role to play, where where Leanna got to show a lot of vibrancy and energy. You know, they both had to do the same kind of intensity, but with much smaller actions. Just in the way they, it was really, really uh, an incredible performance by by James and Michelle. And it's a very subtle performance. And I thought Michael Hoffman, the director, did an amazing job of drawing that out of them because it's a lot harder to do than it looks like on screen. Yeah, That's I all think, I can say. I think we have a clip actually of the first scene where James and Michelle see each other again um, after 21 years, as you're always pointing out in the film. Not 20, 21 years. You uh, don't have, have to age us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> do we have that clip? Amanda? Dawson? I'm sorry, I'm all uh, messed up. (laughs) How did you find out? 
I got a call from a lawyer, something in Tuck's will. I'm supposed to meet with him tomorrow. 10 a.m.? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh. It's been a long time. 20 years. Yeah. Well, 21, but I mean, who's counting? <laughs> you look amazing. I gotta go. I'm, I'm late. Meeting my mom. I'm gonna meet her. Oh, all right. At her house. Yeah. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. A little bit of tension there. Just a yeah, little bit. on purpose. So that obviously they're reunited after 21 years, and it's it was an interesting thing for, to do this with Michelle. She's such a wonderful actress, but uh, these characters have carry a lot of regret, and it's a very careful dance with one another, very measured, and they just are careful with each other at the beginning of the movie, and, and then it sort of unfolds after that. Yeah, M Michelle, you didn't ask me a question. I just no, started talking. No, but I talking. thank you. No, could you do that? Just keep doing that. Just keep doing that. Please, absolutely do that, because that just makes my life so much easier. Uh, Michelle, you're playing a mom in this film, and uh, really, you are you're tortured at every turn. I mean, you've got multiple issues to deal with in this film. It, it goes beyond just the, the typical Sparksian. What are we, with Sparksian, Sparks-esque, sure. Sparksovian? Sure, got like, what's, what's, right? what's the adjective for you? Uh, the typical heartbreak conflict, there are layers upon layers. Uh, what did you, you know, find particularly challenging to, to play? Because you're not just playing a romance, you're playing a drama at times. There's even moments of comedy. I, I love that the trailer shows the moment in which you berate him for not having aged more poorly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think um, what was really important was to um, really show a woman that, you know, by all sort of standards you would assume that she's leading this really happy life and um, you discover that she's really not and there's something that's really missing and it was really important um, that after she was reignited um, with her long last lost love with James um, James's character that it was it was really bittersweet you know t for her to all of a sudden be confronted with whether or not she was happy and I think that her, um, I think a lot of times maybe people can kind of go through life and it's sort of without even knowing that you're kind of starting to become more and more disconnected or you start this kind of slow descent into what you um, weren't, you know, what you've never wanted to be, I suppose. And so... I think that it was confronting. I'm not. I'm kind of going around a lot. Your this this question, but um, it was really trying to capture um, what Liana. What was so beautifully inspired about her performance was about this sort of self dis, this rediscovery. I should say about the character and doing it subtly and 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 over the course of the film and just um, not having it be too forced um, and then just kind of showing this sort of restraint, I suppose, this, this subtle restraint, and so that when she does have something really traumatic happen to her, it's, you know, impactful, I suppose. Nicholas, I wanted to ask you, I had heard that this movie came into existence before a single page of the book had even been written. Yeah. How, do, how does that work? Oh, that's a, that's a great story, really. I mean, well, it was for me. Um, 
It turns out that I had just sold a film to a studio, Relativity, and there was another studio um, at the time, Warner Brothers, who, and they were very sad that they didn't get this particular project. I think it was Safe Haven or whatever. So I was to go over and meet Warner Brothers, and I didn't have a story. And uh, so I thought of a story in the car on the way from my hotel to Burbank, and I had one of these ultimate Hollywood movies moments where I said, okay, Greg Silverman, he was the head of pictures at Warner Brother, and I said, imagine this. And I spin this story out just kind of off the top of my head, and he said, I'll buy it. I said, that is just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I guess I gotta go write a novel about it now. You know, but it had little bits and pieces had germinated, but yeah, it was a very Hollywood moment for me. It's the only time that's ever happened. It doesn't usually happen like that. Oh, that happens for me all the time. Yeah. I'm just constantly thinking of ideas and then people But I always wanted one it. of those crazy Hollywood moments where you go in and you have the big exec and you pitch something and you don't have anything other than a bunch of words for like 10 minutes and they buy it. It was crazy. Yeah. That's, yeah, that is crazy. Um, one of the things that I love and it's reminiscent, not so much, I know you've, you've made comparisons to The Notebook a lot with this film, but... Uh, it reminded me a little bit, too, of Message in a Bottle and that one of the nice things is that it's a romance, largely, between two people who are not in their 20s, who are not teenagers. I mean, these are people with, who have lived a lot, who are approaching 40, who are older. What was it like for, for you, Michelle and James, to, to play uh, a couple who has some baggage and some life between them and, and is falling in love nevertheless, despite all of, all of those complications? Well, I think, um, you know, you've said it so articulately before, Nicholas, it's, you know, when you're in your 20s and your 30s, you know, you're really all about sort of self-discovery and really kind of finding your way in life. And then when you hit your late 30s, your 40s, it's all about really self-reflection. And you kind of look back on your life and you think, okay, wow, is this the road that I wanted to take? Am I happy? How do I want to live the next 20 or 30 years of, of, of my life? And so I think that's what's so poignant about this film and that um, so many people can relate to because I think it's just human nature to look back and think, okay, what about that road less traveled? And, um, you know, obviously I'm in my, in my late 30s, so, you know, it's all about reflection in my own Me life too. as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I think... Now we can see that clip where they're talking and flirting and eating. What? Why are you laughing? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just... I miss this. I miss... You getting all mad at me. I'm not mad. Being a little pushy. I'm not pushy. You just care so much, Amanda. You just can't help yourself. dangerous. We've had wine and somehow you have gotten better looking, which is so annoying. Couldn't you have gotten bald or fat or something? Jeez. It's a good moment. But seriously, couldn't you have gotten bald or fat? <laughs> uh, in, well, you one per decade, so, you know, ten years from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's yeah, hoping for film? bald, for yeah. bald, bald and fat. What are we bald doing and fat. Ten years from now. Twenty, twenty-five. Got it. Oh, we so old by then. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me you still won't be bald and fat, though, and it will be 
annoying. Oh, I'll have a proper wig. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another interesting element to the film is that there is a very, I think, substantially darker than I've seen in, in many of your films element to, to this, a very violent, dark, intense strain um, that, that affects you most, your character most, James. Um, was that a surprise for you to see? Was it, was it a surprise for you to write? Did you feel yourself going to, at any point, like, wow, this is a lot heavier than, than what I normally deal with? Um, well, for me, I just like to, to tell a story that I'm interested in reading. I thought Dawson would be a much more interesting character if he had escaped from a, a background that was very challenging. It, it shows who he is, his character, and... The really interesting thing for me is that, and without ruining the film, is that he makes all these bold moves and he's doing everything exactly right. And then, you know, the simple fact is life doesn't always work out no matter what we do. And that was just really symbolic. I mean, that was symbolic of the young love story and, and what happens later. It's symbolic of the entire story because that's pretty much what it is for everybody. You know, the only thing, I have kids, I have a bunch of them, and I asked... Whenever, whenever they ask me anything about like, well, what can I expect in life or what's it going to be? I always say, the only thing I can tell you is that whatever you imagine it's going to be in 20 years, it ain't going to be that. That's the only thing I can tell you because, it, I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to be unhappy or, or, or you're going to be happy. It just means it's not going to be what you expect. I think if you talk to any of us here and said, where were you going to be 20 years from now? No one would say we'd be here at Apple Talk. You know, going over, we wouldn't be here doing that. You know, 20 years ago, I hadn't written the notebook. So, you see what I mean? Right. How do you know where you're going to be? And I wasn't born. And she wasn't oh, even born. God. You know, you I had wanted to, to talk, go there, didn't you? Know, you? I wanted to talk about, <laughs> Seriously. I did want to talk about that scene, though, that we just saw, because for those who haven't seen the film, you know, I thought that that, that, that's, that particular scene, as much comedy as it is, as wonderfully as James and Michelle played it, it was set up so beautifully by Leanna and Luke, who had done that scene first with Tuck at the table. And they were really drawing on that scene in their own ways and then making it their own. You know, we, didn't, we weren't so interested in, in having characters that looked exactly like each other, but we wanted to capture the spirit. We wanted Leanna's spirit to be have been captured by Michelle and then Luke's spirit you know the spirit of Dawson so, so, so to speak to be captured by James and so there was this wonderful mirroring effect and if you really look at the the subtlety of all of those performances taken together it's really a quite extraordinary uh, performance yeah um, Liana I thought you did a, a, a wonderful job at at playing that age so perfectly, which, of course, you are that age, so it's not that challenging, I suppose, but still, you, it, it was a, a beautiful performance of a little spoiled, a little impetuous, a little bit, you know, but also very righteous in, in what you believed and what you wanted and what, and, and what you thought your life deserved and Luke's life, Dawson's life deserves. Um, did you find it at all challenging to avoid falling into a sort of stereotype of the, the spoiled rich girl or the, the demanding princess, you know, and, and keep her very, very grounded the way that you did? Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to play this character. I didn't want the audience to take Amanda as someone who's obnoxious or is in any way conceited or thinks that she, you know, deserves all of these incredible things. I think that the way I wanted to play her was I think I wanted her to see no boundaries in her future. You know, she's, when you first meet her, she's never really been burnt before. So she, 
expects really wonderful things in her life and she has all these high expectations because she just she's never known uh, like a, a failure I guess and she's never really been hurt yet so I, I wanted it to come from a very innocent place um an innocent view of the world instead of um just like conceited or, or anything I just wanted her to like a very youthful outlook on how she thought her future was going to be Liana, you're playing a, a younger version of Michelle's character. So did the two of you collaborate at all? Did, I mean, it, I guess in some ways you could have set the tone for the character and Michelle would have had to have picked up your mannerisms. Um, but how, how much collaboration went into it? There was a little bit of both. We, um, uh, Me and Luke, we did um, the majority of our scenes before James and Michelle filmed all of their stuff. So they were able to kind of look at our dailies and whatnot and kind of go off of that, that performance. But uh, before we started filming, Michelle and I met at a little cafe and talked about little tics and mannerisms that we wanted to incorporate with our character. We had originally decided to do something with our ear or something, and but it was kind of interesting because when I got on set, um, different mannerisms just kind of started to manifest. And uh, but we always kept a very open dialogue during filming. I was able to text her and be like, "Oh, I play with my necklace now when I'm nervous." So just so you know, when you go on set, so yeah, it was definitely a collaboration. We we always talked about it. In the grand tradition of Nicholas Sparks films, there is a rather romantic scene, Liana, between you and Luke. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a kiss in the rain. <laughs> there is a kiss yes. in the rain. <laughs> Thank I don't you know if you've ever Nick. seen that in any of my films <laughs> no, before. The rarely seen kiss in the rain. Uh, but it, there's a little more than, than some kissing in the rain. Uh, how how nerve-wracking was was that scene. Okay, well, apparently James and Michelle had a swell time during their scene. You guys are like old pros over here, and I, this was my first scene ever, like very first intimate scene, so it was a little bit nerve-wracking. It was really hot in that room, and... It was the paparazzi that made her uncomfortable because <laughs> we, we had opened the set that day. So yeah, no, you know, whatever. It looks beautiful on camera, but during the... Not a lot of those scenes can be very graceful sometimes. You know, you bang teeth and you're I think in we a have comfortable a clip. position. Oh, no. I think what? we have a clip. It's not, it's not we, the we, moment. We got it. We got it. Oh, it's cool. <laughs> Great. It's right here. Let's see how hot it was in the room. In case one of us gets deployed in World War III. No, I'm serious. Something we can keep forever. Then pick one. There's nothing romantic about picking one. Here. First song that comes out quick. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're not going to get anything. And even if you do get something, it's going to be a public broadcast on Flyfish. Why are you always right? I guess it's just a gift. Look at you. I've been practicing. With you. Talk. Just FYI, that's post-portal. That was the scene. Luke, well, there Luke you go. would be here with us tonight, but Luke's in Berlin 
probably at a pub. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's doing what? Point Break, right? Point Break, he, yeah. He's, yeah. he's Point been filming right for a while. They were so great. It was so nice watching. Like, like Liana said, um, they did most of their scenes first. Most of them, right? And then Michelle came and I and did the, uh, our bits. But uh, it was so great seeing the two characters just have that much chemistry. And, and they just radiated youth and, and optimism. And it was, it was cool. They just... So thank you. That was thank you. That was cool very for, sweet of you. It was a great setup for. <laughs> for well, for and actually, I. that scene's a fantastic setup for a, a later scene in the film, in which, similar to the the dinner scene that that drew on what Luke and Liana did earlier, uh, there is another scene um, which we can show. And Luke now. probably has his shirt off here too, right? No, no, no. This it's it's you this time. Oh, Your shirt's me? not off. Oh, it's on. You're in the kitchen. Wine is being opened. Gotcha. Well, okay. oh, there we go. <laughs> You're the smartest guy in the rig, huh? Well, of course I am. Yeah, you know, I got pretty good at computer, actually, and uh, my boss wanted me to go back to school, get certified in as an IT specialist. And let me guess, you don't want to do that. I like my job. But you might like the new one more. I don't know why you just don't go to college and get the a piece. piece of paper. Well, I don't. Yeah, that's her. That's the girl who just wouldn't let me settle. Yeah, well, I haven't seen much of her lately, so. Yeah, but there she is. To her. <gasps> uh, that's another great example of a scene of, you know, falling back in love with somebody after all of these years, despite everything that, that you've been through. Um, I don't want to give away too much, so I won't say more than what you yourself have said, but things don't always work out. And so, in life, and so I'm just wondering, I, I, the notebook, yes, they both crawl into bed together and die. I will give you that. But it ostensibly has a In the movie, ending. not the novel. In the, it, it, true, in the movie. What do, you, what do you have against happy endings, man? Like, uh, seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I always, that's a tough question to answer. You know, I, I always try, there's no question I write commercial fiction, which means fiction that, like, sells a lot of copies. Um, and so in the end, you know, every, you know, there's different genres and every genre has a purpose, right? So if a horror novel is supposed to scare you, right? Or a thriller is supposed to thrill you or a mystery is supposed to have you guess who done it, what's the purpose of mine? What is the purpose? Well, the purpose is, as I've always seen, is to really move the reader or if we're making a film, the, the viewer through all of the emotions of life because that way they felt as if they've actually lived someone else's life during that, the period of time they were engaged in this story. And by doing so, it feel, there's a richness there because you're, you're able to totally escape into this world. Now, if you start eliminating some of the major emotions of life, well, all of a sudden it, it doesn't have the same resonance. It, it, it feels like a fantasy, almost a fable. And so for me, it just adds depth to the story. If everything always works out, you walk out saying, that was really nice, but it would never happen, right? I mean, we all saw a pretty woman. Would that have ever happened at the end? <laughs> Come on. It made us feel good, but it wouldn't have happened. We all know this. But it made us feel good, but it wasn't real. Whereas something like 
the best of me will stick with you because you'll say that I really, I, I lived the life of those characters. I have been uh, Michelle playing Amanda. I've been Liana playing Amanda. I've been James playing Dawson and Luke. I've been all these moments where I know people who've done these and it feels real and it brings back my own memories and makes, makes them come alive too. So that's what I've always thought. So I just try to capture all the emotions. I mean, look, they were mad in there. They were frustrated, confused, lost. They were sad. They were lonely. They were everything. And if you just eliminate sadness, you know, again. That's what you're great at, though, too, by the way, which is, to me, this movie, like, the, the, the young Amanda and Dawson, everyone remembers their first love. Nobody ever forgets it. It's because it's the first time you've ever felt that spectrum of emotion from heartache to elation to, uh, you know, to joy, all, all of that for the very first time. So it feels that much more important, uh, that much more, it's just that much bigger. And then you go through life and, you know, those, you try and get that back into your adult relationships. And it's more complicated and there's more life getting in the way. But that's what's so great about you and what you do is that you have this whole spectrum of emotion and the greatest of moments and then it also met with sometimes the more heartbreaking moments as well. And that's just kind of, to me, that just is what life feels like. Yeah. All right, well, I Again, you didn't ask me, but I just, you no. know. I just, I just, <laughs> Again, I just, you're, you're, I just like to talk into this microphone. So <laughs> I like to hear my own voice. <laughs> well, I think we can open it up to questions. So have the two of you ever run into a, uh, a first love or an early love that you've ran into later? Not uh, expecting to fall in love again, but... Uh, and I guess you don't have that option right now. Yeah. And how about for yourself? Um, but uh, is there anybody that in your life that you hope you will run into? Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count? There you go. And uh, the rest of you. Y yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I look back at, you know, fortunately I've um, had very nice past relationships. And, um, yeah, and I've been able to be, you know, maintain friendships and, and things like that. So it's been, it's been nice, yeah. I've never been in love. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas, oh, sorry. Me? Yeah, I have, I have, a, I have a crazy story. He's got story. a great story. I have a crazy, my, my first love, she calls me the ex-boyfriend that never went away. Because like we dated for like three and a half years, and then when we broke up, I remember going to her parents, and I said, "Oh, I'm really sad about you know breaking up with Lisa, but I'm really gonna miss you guys." And they're like, "Oh, you don't have to leave us." So we'll fast forward a couple of years. They end up paying for my wife and I our honeymoon. They become the godparents of my oldest child, and for the next 25 years, when I go to visit my hometown, I don't stay with my brother. No, I stay with my ex-girlfriend's parents. <laughs> this is a crazy story. She's great. She's happy. You know, we're friends, but she just shakes her head whenever she sees me. Like, what was I getting into? Well, just to prove to you that happy endings are possible, I married mine. So, first nice. love. Nice. Apart for 10 years, reconnected, married 12. So, wow. you, can sell that. you can sell that to a movie studio, like, next month or something, just driving in your car. You can you can go ahead and 
pitch that one. So it can happen. Just kind a, of this just movie, though, isn't it? Uh, you, yeah, you that's, were a part total, for 10 years? that's totally what happens in this movie. I, I have another Maybe. story. So I know a guy, he's a friend of mine. I'm not going to say how I know him, but he married the girl he went to the senior prom with. They were married for like 15 years. They get divorced. And he marries the girl he went to junior prom with, <laughs> and they're still married. How's that, right? That could I'm be guessing it's a pretty right small there. town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. look, we Very have all the gossip, town. my friend. We got oh, it man. all. That's great. All right, that's gonna go in one of your books for sure. <laughs> of course. Oh, right here. Hi, my name is Shamaya. Uh, I actually uh, saw the movie last night, and I thought it was amazing. And my question is for Liana. Um, how was your experience working on this movie? It's a huge, you know, Nicholas Sparks romance compared to something smaller like Stuck in Love. I mean, both definitely have their perks. They're, going into this film, there was a lot of pressure, I think, just because people already have such high expectations for these films. And obviously, you're bringing this character, this like very beloved character to life. So obviously, you want to please the readers and make sure that they're happy. But it was also so gratifying because I've never really done something of this caliber before. So it was really exciting and kind of scary. It was very uncharted territories. And um, I really kind of like that kind of stuff. I, uh, I like to scare myself a little bit and <laughs> wonder if I'm doing something right or wrong. And it's, it's fun. I like to you know, keep things kind of in the dark, so <laughs> I guess. But yeah, it was really, really fun. and. Um, I really, it was, this was one of the most gratifying experiences I've ever had in a film, so hopefully. Will you put me in another? <laughs> Maybe yeah. with James? <laughs> yeah, ten, 10 years from now. 10 years from now. <laughs> when he's bald, we'll but with know. the wig. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming out, making my Thursday less boring. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to have, have a question for Mr. Sparks about your creation process. Do you have characters in mind usually that you create a story around, or do you have a story that you usually create characters around? Uh, it varies from story to story. And usually I think when people think of inspiration, they think that it comes out in one big fell swoop. You know, it usually starts with an idea. Like I said, you know, I've been pondering the idea of this second chance, the what if questions in the 40s, and then I kind of came up with this story in the car. So it starts with this little idea, and then you just build out from it. And so that that initial idea can be very small. It could be someone that you know, you know, the choice. You know, that was really originally inspired by my brother. I really, you know, as a character. Uh, it might be an image. I had an image of a Marine finding a photograph in the sand. Well, that eventually became the lucky one. Um, it could be a theme, danger. It, it eventually became safe haven. It could be... Uh, my wife's grandparents, that became the notebook. So it starts with a little idea and then you build everything onto it that some of it's inspiration, some of it just seems like, well, you know, I did a character like that before so I don't want to use that kind of character. I'll, I'll trade that out. So some of it's choices and rational, some of it is inspiration. And then once you start writing, you know, things just come to you as, as you go and the characters begin to develop their own voice. And that's really the... The, the, the hardest part of the, the, the creative process, but I think the most important is, is, is finding the voice. And it's what they all have to do when they get in front of the camera. They have to inhabit these characters at that point in time. It's the same thing when I'm writing. I have to get in there and be that person at that time. And it's not always easy. And it's not always the person that you are. And that's what makes it challenging. 
Hi, Michelle. Hi, Liana. Good seeing you again. Uh, but this question is actually for James. Uh, James, uh, for X-Men and Superman Returns, uh, what was uh, Brandon Ruth, uh, Ian McKellen, Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, and Tristan Lake LeBou like from your point of view? Um, Ian McKellen, uh, Patrick Stewart, Brandon Routh, all wonderful, wonderful actors. Um, was mentioning Superman Returns and the X-Men franchise. Um, I've been really grateful to work with spectacular, really gifted um, talents, and you named uh, a, good, a good group of them. Um, and actors like Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart and these classically trained stage actors you can always learn so much from. So I was just a sponge on set and learning as much as I could from all of them. And those were great movies to be a part of. And it became a very close family over the course of 10 years. And Hi. Um, with the way that The Notebook ended in the movie versus the book, do you think you could ever make The Wedding a movie? We think about it. We talk about it. We sometimes wonder if it might be better as a television uh, miniseries of some sort or something like that. We haven't decided. We ha I, have, I have right now a whole spate of movies coming, so I have to kind of, I guess, take a pause, right? Just slow them down a little bit. Uh, so I never say never. I never thought I'd write a sequel to The Notebook. I did. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've learned never to say never, so maybe. Did you, have you written a book here tonight in your head? I'm working on one. I, called I guess I, called I guess. The Genius Bar? Yeah. <laughs> We're a prolific author on stage and gets challenged by a beautiful woman in the crowd. You can have it. My question's for Liana. I saw in one of your interviews that you often don't read the book before you get the role. Did you wait to read The Best of Me? And what is your reasoning behind waiting? Uh, honestly, the only reason why I don't read them before getting the film is because I don't want to read it and then fall in love with it and then not get it. Because <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> so, uh, and also just while I'm filming, I like to keep everything pretty fresh. So uh, while we were filming Best of Me, I was um, every night going home and reading each chapter of Best of Me and making notes and whatnot. But um, most of the book has uh, just like the present day Amanda and Dawson, but they would refer back to the younger selves. So I was able to make a lot of notes and stuff, so. Hi, um, I just wanna say, Nicholas, thank you for writing such incredible books. Um, I've enjoyed all of them. Thank you. Um, and I just wanna start off asking a question to James. Um, are you uh, single? That's <laughs> 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 fantastic. Uh, I currently am single, yes. <laughs> awesome. See, but thank you for that, asking. That, that yes, sounds I'm... like the start of a book right there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good start right there. Yeah. You always have to have these interesting <laughs> ways they meet. backfired on me, or it was the greatest thing to ever happen to me. I guess this question goes out to all of you guys. Um, what would you say, like, when you were on set and filming, did you meet, um, you guys just kind of touched upon, like, um, s stories from other people that had the same circumstance where they met people they fell in love with and they meet up again. Um, is there like a story that any of you guys could share that kind of like helps you bring out your role a little bit better? Do you guys have anything? You know, in, in the end, it, what I can say about the set is, you know, sets are generally closed, so you, you kind of get to know the people who work there. There was a wonderful vibe on the set. But this is the kind of story I think that, at least for, well, I think everybody could relate to the character they're paying, playing. I mean, 
James has asked himself the what if questions. What if I'd taken a different road? So has Michelle. And, you know, Liana has had this first love. And that's what, that's what makes these films, I think, again, resonate with the viewers. They don't have to talk to 20 people to know what it is to wonder, what if I'd taken a different road in life? Because everyone in this room around this, they've all, everyone does this. This is just part of the universal human condition. But uh, that would be my standard answer. Nobody told me. I already told you my friend's story about the senior and the junior prom and stuff. I thought, I thought that was pretty good. But did you guys get any of those uh, falling in love again stories? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a dear friend, actually, who... Um had a high school sweetheart. I mean, I think they started dating, you know, they were boyfriend, girlfriend, like in the sixth grade, and then they dated off and on through high school, and they were, you know, very much in love, and then they went their separate ways, and they somehow reconnected via social media, I think on Facebook. Um, she was single, and he had just gotten divorced, and she, he said, oh, wow, you live in Los Angeles, and she said, yeah. And she, he goes, well, I'm going to be out there next month on a business trip, and they... They went and had a drink, and they and now it's like two years later, and they're very, very much in love. And um, you know that was, I guess, that was very inspiring. You know, it's possible. Okay, well, um, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank, thank you. you for answering all our questions. Thanks to all of you for coming out. Uh, hope you enjoyed it, and go see the movie.